Hello, this is Seductive Storm and welcome to my podcast. I hope you'll enjoy it from time to time. It'll just be me talking to you on topics and other times I'll have co-hosts or people that I'm interviewing. So get ready for some real talk with Storm. Hello everyone, I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone, or, or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table, uh, not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the, and the lower bracket um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh. Some might even make you cry. Some might make you angry as shit with the things I say or the things other people who are on here are saying. But at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Hey everyone. Welcome to Straight Talk with Storm. I apologize. Hold on. I apologize for how late I am recording this. I was supposed to do this episode. I promised you guys this episode on Friday. And then I just got in a mood and doing other things. Uh, Y'all know I got other businesses. And so I apologize for the delay. But we're here now. So let's get into it. First, let me start by saying, you're going to hear my ceiling fan rotating. The phone is likely to pick up the noise. I do apologize, but my air is acting crazy and it's actually been a little warm here. And uh, yeah, I'd prefer not to melt. So I do apologize, but I'm going to have to leave that ceiling fan on. Please forgive me. And now I'm trying to get back in. Boy, I tell you, it's always one thing. If it's not one thing, it's another. All right. So... Um, I am getting back to interviewing others. It's been me solo dolo for a while. I think the last interview I did, um, we all know what that was. And it didn't go... It Actually, the interview went well. I'm not going to say that interview didn't go good. It went well, but the person had issue with her interview. So the last actual interview I did where I interviewed someone, I took it down. I don't think I've done one since. It's not because of her. Honestly, it was just because I was too busy. But um, today's topics um, are pretty interesting, just random things, um, but sort of still having something to do 
with the sex work industry. So um, on Shudder, there is a show called, well, actually, it's a movie. It was an anthology movie. An anthology movie, y'all know what an anthology series is, but a lot of us forget there are anthology movies too, such as Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, what was that other one? Oh my goodness. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. You you get the gist. So there is an anthology movie on there called Mor- The Mortuary Collection. So we're going to talk a little bit about an episode there that I think is so good in teaching men why they probably shouldn't stealth women. And if you don't remember what that is, we'll get into it. The second topic is going to be Facebook and how it has just become the craziest place ever for two things, fake ass sugar daddies and also for just thirsty ass men who, for those of you who are still seeing people, you might be able to convert into some coins. And lastly, the ID miniseries, The 93 Victims of Samuel Little. Um, I've spoken on him on the podcast before, but in watching this show tonight, I might just have a brief few other thoughts. Um, So let's get into the mortuary collection first. So, you know, I got a projector for my bedroom. And I got a projector for my living room. The living room was for me to watch stuff with my teenager. One of my bedrooms for me to watch stuff with my man. Okay. So I decided I saw, uh, read about the mortuary collection and it sounded like something I would get into. So I decided to check it out. Now, there's an interesting tie here because um, I think it's called The Kissing Booth. There's some series of movies on Netflix called The Kissing Booth. And every time it comes out, me and my daughter sit down and watch those together. It's her thing. I watch it with her. The guy who's the main star or focus of this episode, which was called, oh my goodness, let me see if I can figure out what that episode was called. I believe, not episode, it's part of the movie, but it's an individual story within the movie. Again, the entire movie is called The Mortuary Collection. I just want to be sure I'm giving you the right name of what I think that particular portion of the movie was called. Okay, better safe than sorry. Now, so the episode starts with this frat boy uh, who is also the main love interest in the Kissing Booth movie. But right now we're talking about the mortuary collection. Um, And he's talking about feminism on the campus and how things are evolving for women and getting so much better. And he's handing out condoms. Now, he really doesn't care about feminism. Really, he's a douche who is just handing these out because him and the other frat brothers, they have an award that they get. For whoever bags the most bitches and also <clears throat> because they figure if the girls who take the condoms are the ones who are going to be the most willing to party or be promiscuous if you will so uh they come across this what we'll call a square nerdy girl in glasses i'm sorry i should have said spoiler alert i'm ruining this for you but you you won't be the rest of the movie won't be ruined for you if that helps but we got to get into this because there's a stealthing lesson here like a moral of the story kind of thing 
So, he meets this girl. He and all his frat brothers wonder if she's going to come to the party. She shows up. They end up in his room. And she pulls out a condom. The same condom that he gave her trying to, you know, trick her into coming to this party. She tells him to use the condom. Um... Her eyes are closed, but we see her on top of him riding him. And we see his rather bored, doesn't like it face to which he really says, turn over. Um, we all know men love doing doggy because they're behind you. You can't really see what they're doing. But I don't know if I'm just overly sensitive, but you can tell the difference. The feel of with and without a condom is different. Ladies listen to your gut i don't care if you saw him pull it out and supposedly put it on or put it on if you're in the middle of an appointment with a guy and it starts to feel too natural and too slippery and just too warm almost make him stop because he has taken the condom off or it has burst either or make him take it off but back to the story so we see him snatch it and throw it across the room. Cutscene lands on his lamp. Now, the next day, <clears throat> she's already left when he wakes up. He starts looking bad, feeling sick, all kinds of stuff. And I'm pretty good at figuring out the plots of things. So I look at my boyfriend and I say, well, first, when we're watching, I was like, oh, my God, he stuffed her. Guys, let me pause you right here before I get into the rest of this. Stealthing someone is a form of rape. Um, just like having your appointment and not paying or doing a chargeback is a form of rape. Anything that we agree upon <clears throat> that allows for the consent and then you decide to change the rules in the middle without addressing it, without communicating it, just so you can have your way. The consent was removed. Whether that consent is the money, which is the only reason why I agreed. The advisement that protection would be used. No bear services are allowed was our agreement, which is why I consented. You're getting the point now. Consent is consent. Consent is consent. It is not okay. It is never okay to do something to any provider, no matter what gender sexual preference, whatever, you don't get to do shit like that. No matter the price point, no matter what the reviews said, because anybody could have written what they want in a review. That doesn't mean she actually does it or he does it or whatever gender we're talking about. You have to ask. All right. Got it. And um, to my transgender and genderless friends, I don't mean to leave you out and say rude, stupid things that don't include y'all. I'm just 50 and a little bit stuck in my ways and still trying to remember to be um what's the word I'm looking for to be sensitive to what people prefer to be called and acknowledged as um so I I always say in every episode I'm sorry if I still say he she things of that nature um it's the predominant world of sex work that i know though but i do not mean any offense by it so i just want to clear that up too but going back to the episode all right so he's trying to figure out why he's sick i've looked at my boyfriend and i've been like he's pregnant 
This is going to be the funniest. This is going to be the funniest, most life lesson teaching episode I've ever seen in anything. I couldn't have enjoyed it more. So not only is he pregnant, but I don't even think her and her family are human. They appear human. But I mean, this baby, he's he's nauseous within two hours of having sex with her. He has a belly and his water is breaking probably within a week of knowing her. So he hurries up and he goes to an address that he found for her parents' house. I can't remember how he got the address, but he got it. All right. Or he maybe called her and told her he needed to come over and she told him where to come. Gets there. You can tell this is a common occurrence because the parents called the girl's name and are like, what have you done? What did you do again? They already have like the gynecological table that they used to have people give birth on years and years ago before they made nice birthing rooms. The same table you basically use as the exam table now with the stirrups. And uh, it's pretty funny because now he's starting to have black veins showing under his skin. His eyes look, he has lots of bags and a shallow eye look. And he asked her mother, first he blames her. He's like, what did you do to me? And she's like, I told you to wear a condom. Um, and so, which she did. And she's like, did you wear it? And he's like, and then he finally admits that he took it off. Well, that's evident anyway, right? So he's panicking now and he's asking her parents, you know, how is this baby going to come out or whatever it is? Because they didn't actually let us see it, but it sounded like a baby and they could hold it like a baby. But she says the same way that it went in. They do a cut scene to his penis right before it explodes and blows up. So he basically blows up from the penis up to like right under his chest line. The mother takes the baby and takes it upstairs. And there is a room full of 20 or 30 of these kids. Oh, I forgot to leave out. When he when she invited him into his room, she said to him, Aren't you worried because there were signs in this episode on the college campus of missing college boys? So she had been doing this for a while and she had been asking them to wear protection. They had not been wearing it. They'd been being dicks and not respecting her consent and taking those rubbers off. And so there was a bunch of monster babies at the end, it, that part of the segment of the movie. And then with this big, crazy claw hand. Oh gosh, it was crazy. But the moral of the story is the moral of the story is Fatal Attraction was a great movie for teaching men what the fuck can go wrong if you cheat on a really good wife who you should be honest with. And this episode or portion of this movie was great for showing men in the most explicit, gory, and dark way possible why stealthing and disrespecting a woman's boundaries about her body is not okay. Again, it's the mortuary collection. I think it's the second story within the movie. You got to peep it, ladies, gents, and all others if you haven't, because it was a blast. Moving on. Dear God, Facebook. So I use my Facebook. I have two Facebooks. I don't even get on the sex work related one, you know? I, I really haven't had much of a reason to lately. And it never really benefited me at all. So I stick to my family and friends when, you know, now because I'm marketing my, you know, vanilla web design company outside of Taken by Storm. 
And I'm also mainly, definitely marketing my personal chef and catering business. So, from other chefs in other countries on down to just every man from everywhere, it has been the amount of requests and crazy messages and even Facebook Messenger phone calls all hours of the night has been absolutely insane. Like, I mean, it's been crazy. And lots of other women of all ages and stuff are complaining about the same thing on Facebook. Now, a few of them were people, honestly, in other countries trying to get to this country, trying to find like a green card kind of situation. I'm not about to be an episode of 90 Day Fiance, okay? That's just not where I'm at. And I have a man. Um, Then... There are some who are just truly, I don't think they know where to find women anymore. And then we have the Splenda Daddies and the Salt Daddies who are trying to lie and get people caught up with their whole little, I'm go- you can be my sugar baby dream. But really and truthfully, there's a good amount of them there who are really trying to hook up. Um, I'm a taken lady, so that's not for me. And... um. I know some of y'all are like, well, you've been taken for years. You talk about all the time, but you were still working. True, true. But my other persona is the only persona I work from anymore for real life meets. And it's strictly fly me to you, week getaways, things of that nature, or multi-hour really expensive dinner dates. Because otherwise, I'm not going to see people anymore. Um, You know, I got enough on my plate. And I'm moving into a different, evolving into a different part of my life. Um, but I still identify with sex work. I always will. I will always consider myself a sex worker. I'm have to remind my family of that sometimes when they speak. Nothing's changed in my heart as far as me wanting to protect and support and be here for the community. Nothing's changed there. And believe me, um, if I ever feel as though financially I have to again, I sure will. That's why I don't take my stuff down. I also don't take my stuff down because I want to be a beacon and and a moment of hope for that other BBW girl who's looking on the internet thinking, can she do it and be um, successful and be classy with it and at at, at any age and at any race and at any gender. I just kind of want people to always be able to backtrack and be like, yeah, Storm Storm was real as shit, but, but Storm was like one of a kind and like really true to herself and I can do that too so that's also a lot of why I don't take my stuff now but if I was trying to make some money right now Facebook might be worth it um I'm serious I I don't know how many y'all are on Facebook you know I know they have all their um safety and information leaking issues but if you're someone, regardless of what gender, regardless of what's going on with you, who really and truly needs to make some money, and Facebook could work. But let me give you a few pointers. <clears throat> I taught y'all before about internet freestyle, and it was one of the very first episodes I did when I taught y'all how to use Craigslist, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, all these other sites to find people on. Let me give you the brief lesson again, and you can run back through my podcast episodes and hopefully find that one. But let me give you just some thoughts again, because they're important.
first thing here is you cannot be direct because the person will probably report your profile. Your Facebook will be going faster than ever. So don't do that. But you can be very, very, very delicate and feel people out just like you would do if you were at a bar or a restaurant or a club and you were freestyling. You wouldn't go for the jugular instantly um, because you need to feel out. Because some bars and restaurants have undercover cops because they know um, that they're high end and that there's businessmen travelers there. And so they expect to find us there trying to solicit. So you should always be careful anyway in your conversation and as we say, you know, know the room. You know what I mean? But let me tell you the best way to go about things. Just go about it like your ordinary, although intelligent and hopefully a little glamorous when you went out. Uh, well, we're talking about going out. See, let me backtrack. Get my two worlds mixed up. We, we're on Facebook right now. Just make sure that you have some nice appealing pictures. You know, you got to be more wholesome. It's Facebook. Okay, it's Facebook. Um, try to keep it a little clean. But you can put your bathing suit pics on there. You can put the lingerie pic on there as long as you act like you just like chilling at home, drinking some wine, watching Netflix. You know what I mean? You can, hell, you can have something cute on cooking in your kitchen. You know what I mean? He's going to come in to your thing and he's going to strike up this conversation. Chitter chatter along with him. It might take a day or two to reel him in. And um, then, you know, just let him know. At some point, he'd be like, what does it take? You know, what would it take to get to know you? You know, men love that line. What would it take to get to know you? Well, honey, I like to be spoiled. Are you a man who can spoil me? You know, and see where the conversation goes. Go through his timeline. See if he looks like he can even afford to, you know, spoil you. See if his, time, see if his timeline shows what he does for work. You know, just feel the situation, you know, and and gradually, let me tell you something, especially with Facebook, when they don't, they're not thinking it's a professional kind of thing, you can, and especially in this, this financial climate a lot of people are in, damsel it, you know, damsel the shit out of it, be like, look, you know, man, it's been really hard with COVID and everything and it. And, you know, and I'm going to school, whatever, you know, make it sound good and be like, you know, can you, you know, like I'd be interested in getting to know you and going on a date with you. If maybe you could help me like with my rent or with my car note, because, again, you can't be direct until you see if he's down. Now, after one or two dates, you know, because I'm not telling you to steal somebody's money and not meet them. Meet him the same as you or any other client you found on any other escort site. Meet him, be kind to him, treat him well. And that way you can get him on that hook and he can't wiggle his way off. And you'll have him eating out the palm of your hand and giving you money for whatever you need and money for whatever you want. I'm just telling y'all, Facebook might be where it's at, but you gotta be gotta be sneaky with it. You can't just be super direct and get yourself reported. Lastly, this 93 victims of Samuel Little thing, um, it's interesting. We all know the story now. It's still just so disturbing Um, for those who live under a rock somewhere. First of all, go Google Samuel Little. Um, But if you just want to know what I'm talking about right now, it has come to be one of the most prolific serial killers 
in history. And I'm not trying to be funny, but we all used to joke. And serial killers and serial rapists used to not be black people. Like, we would joke and say, no, that's y'all. We don't do that. Well, unfortunately, based on the time frame when he was doing it, oh, it was very much us melanin-filled people, too. Um, And there have been a few, don't get me wrong, but overall, statistically, as far as the ones who we know about in the universe... Other races are still predominant in regard to that. Um, But let me say this. He was a mass, mass uh, serial killer. Targeted mainly sex workers because he didn't consider them human. Just like a lot of times the police say, no human involved. It was really easy for him to do this because of how the rest of the world regards us. Always remember that. It's fucked up, but it's true. I've said this, I'll say it again for the people in the back. In levels of disrespect, let me give you the breakdown in the world, in or out of sex work. There is nothing more disrespected, first and foremost, than a black woman. And y'all might turn your nose up. Some of you black women might turn your nose up and think I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm old enough to be some of y'all's mother. And I'm telling you it's true. But when I was in my 20s, I wouldn't have believed it was true either. But it is. And it's sad because we've actually, not me, the family I grew up in, I wasn't. And that's why I'm the way I am. But in a lot of homes in the black community, black women are taught to accept mediocrity. Black women are taught to accept anything it takes to keep your man or your partner. And actually, in this way of thinking, I'm going to keep it old school because it's your man. Because most black families are just coming around in the last few years to the notion of accepting their children's other sexuality preferences. Before, it wasn't talked about openly because your family had a damn fit. But rank of disrespect and no one caring about you in the world, you as a black woman, followed by the black transgender person of either gender, followed by the black man. We know the black man's respected all the time because they show it to us all the time on the news and TV with the cops and all of that. But trust me, these other two groups I named ahead of that black man are disrespected way more. The black man and the transgender people have more of a chance of death and violence but we also as is shown as women black women especially expendables who no one cares about and when I say no one cares I don't mean it literally when I say no one cares I mean the news media and law enforcement and the judicial system we are not cared about in regard to that let's be clear so he knew it And he targeted them. Now, he targeted white sex workers, too. Because, uh, I forgot. Lastly, after that black man is the sex worker. If you're in any of these groups, you might as well be just the same as a dog running around wild on the street in regard to how much they're going to care about what happened to you. And that's the facts. All those groups I just named, including the sex work community, expendable like like we're the lowest of the earth to most people so it makes it easy 
for people like Samuel Little and all these other predators, because he's not the only one who targeted sex workers specifically, <clears throat> or he's not the sex traffickers in the D.C. area and St. Louis areas and Houston areas who target black and Latina girls primarily. You know why? Because they know, nobody, they know nobody's going to really look for them the way they should. Come on now, y'all. You know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. So, um, Samuel Little is just sitting here and you're watching the actual police interview and the sketches that he made of anyone. That's the most horrifying thing. The way he remembered all their faces and sketched them to the degree, and I'm an artist. That's what I went to college for. This guy... I mean, his memories. He's getting off on the memories, though. Um, He's still getting off on the memories at 80-some years old. You can see it. The FBI profilers talking to us during the show can see it. Um, He's excited telling his stories. But his fetish is not their bodies, not their tits, not their pussy, not the usual things. Necks. Necks. That's why he strangled them all. And if you listen to how sick he is talking about his attraction to next, he developed it around five years old and started thinking about killing people with strangulation around seven or eight. But my thing is, um, he's still very much targeted a group that he knew no one would care about. Because if it was just totally about the fetish with the neck and the strangulation. And I'm not saying that's not what drives him. Evidently it is. But he was intelligent enough and evil enough and misogynistic enough to only strangle people that he knew no one would care about, in his opinion, because why would anyone care about sex workers? Why would anyone care about drug addict women? Why would anyone care about black women? Um, So if you have time and you're not going to be triggered if you've had a violent past with a client or in your family life or with a domestic, 93, the 93 victims of Samuel Little is really informative and just really makes you think like damn they really don't give a fuck it like he could have been caught so many years ago he was caught for like i can't remember if it was three or six other rapes or something that he did but we're talking a total of 93 and there might be more than that and um mainly mainly he did it because he knew no one would care about the groups of people he was targeting. And that comes back to we have to stop stigmatizing people based off their race, their gender, their financial, social status, and what they do for work to make a living. Um, no one should have the right to judge or to tell people what they can do with their genitals as long as they're consenting legal age. 
Um, no one should have the right simply because they're a wealthy white kid who graduated from Yale to hurt a female student. No one should have the right in the military to rape female or male because I had a male client who had terrible PTSD, a young guy a few years ago, got sent home because he got raped while he was in the barracks. So it it's genderless. But we got to stop this. Do, don't ask. Don't tell. Keep everything a secret. Uh, don't talk about it because it makes you look less masculine. Don't talk about it because you should be embarrassed you're a sex worker. Um, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? Were you coming on to him when he raped you? We got to stop all of that. We got to stop victim shaming and we got to stop judging. Um and most importantly, we need for sex work to be acknowledged as work. We need it for, to be acknowledged as legal work. We need it to, we need schools. I don't give a damn. If a school can teach about accepting homosexuality and accepting genders and different religions, then schools should teach about accepting all people, sex workers included. Schools should teach our our male students and our female students that it is not okay to judge other people based off what they do for money it is not okay to be, to to judge people based off of how they're different from you and that sex work again is work it is what people do to make a living and just think how much better of an existence and not having to live in secret and not having to be ashamed and not being worried about not being able to report harm to the police because they're just going to look at you like you're filth. That needs to change. Me, I'm a person who's going to call the police because I don't give a fuck how they look at me. If somebody hurts me, I'm calling the police. I don't give a fuck who it is. Literally don't care. It can be family. I'll call the police on your ass. But And I don't like the police. By the way, hate them. Can't stand them. I think they're Satan incarnate. But if I'm being hurt and there's no one else for me to call, I'm going to have to break down and call them to hold the other person accountable as much as I hate the idea of it. But I just wanted to talk to you on these topics. I hope you enjoyed me stopping through. Um, I'm hoping the person who I have up to who has agreed to be interviewed next, she's busy. She tours a lot. I can't say exactly when that episode of B, but hopefully it'll happen kind of soon. I will be traveling in April and May myself, not for uh, escort-related business, but for one trip for my chef-related business and one trip um, just as a vacation. So um, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm trying to read Twitter more. But I still don't see a lot of things that go on, a lot of the pettiness and stuff that I used to, which actually makes for great podcast talks. <laughs> so if anything interesting is going on, on Twitter and I'm not aware of it, like somebody shoot me an email because I need some more material for content for this podcast. Like no bullshit. Um, you know, I think we've all talked about COVID enough. I think we've all talked about money and taxes and stimulus checks enough. So, yeah, I need some more fun topics, guys. 
um, if some of y'all are touring and you just want to come on so that you can promote that, that's great too. We'll shoot the shit. We'll talk. I, I like the podcast episodes where it's almost like just a conversation with me and whoever versus it feeling so much like an interview because it, 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 it makes it fun. And podcasts are supposed to be just as much fun as they are informative when you have a guest on. So, um, good night. I'll get this episode up for you guys, hopefully, <laughs> in the next couple of days really shouldn't have said that right because you're gonna be listening to it now and be like what is she talking about i'm already listening to it again i know um thanks so much for listening thanks so much for those who still support i need to do episodes more often because i know i did lose numbers you know when i stopped not being as regular and making sure that y'all had something to look forward to and knew that it would be there So I apologize. I'm going to try to do better. Have a good night. Till next time. Take care.